Hey guys, and welcome to the Abundance Alchemist podcast. I'm Caitlin Dorsey, an Abundance Alchemist, animal lover, trauma survivor to thriver, mindset expert, self-love junkie, and author. This is the place to be to grab those powerful tools, ideas, and inspiration to make lasting changes in yourself and your life. No more waiting, my friends, because it's time to show up unapologetically, radiate that confidence, and create a life you absolutely love. Time to buckle up and dive on in. Hello, my high-vibing friends. I am so excited you are here today and, as always, have an amazing guest to introduce. Today, we're going to be chatting with Billy Mandarino. Billy is an author, speaker, and now-ist teaching people to become an more aware of the gifts in the present moment. His hit book, The Nowist, is full of wisdom from his own journey. The inspiration and truth Billy Mandarino presents in his new book, The Nowist, is a life-changing creation. Billy dives deep into the essence of us all and breaks down present moments living in a unique way. So welcome to the podcast, Billy. Thank you, Caitlin. My honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I would love for us to just start about you telling us how you got to do and what you're doing. Well, I don't know about you, but I find stress and overwhelm and anxiety to be at an all-time high on our planet. Oof, yeah. Have you noticed that? I absolutely have. There's so much going on uh, prior to the pandemic. There's just so many people in this world struggling with mental health issues. But I think a lot of it stems from not living in the present moment. Mm. So years ago, 2017, I sat down at my kitchen table and I spent nine months downloading, if you will, this inspirational work that is called the Nowist. And that word doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. It was a word that came through me and it encapsulated this teaching that came through me as well about teaching people how to live in the present moment as a way of life, not as a religion, but as a practice, as a lifelong practice of being a Nowist, somebody lives consistently in the present moment, out of your past trauma, out of the hopes of the future, even that. Mm -hmm. Living in present moment awareness with such a degree that allows you to become this beacon of attraction, this point of attraction, where when you put your attention and your intention on anything it is you want to manifest, I mean, the secret, you probably heard of the secret, right? Mm-hmm. That yep. movie and book that came out. You know, the only thing that secret got wrong was they said, you attract what you want. And I've realized that you only attract what you are. And when you are in the present moment and you are connected to peace and oneness with your attention focused primarily on what it is you want, you attract that, but you have to be it. You can't just like want it. You have to be it first. And you only attract what you are. And that's part of the teaching is teaching how to live in the present moment as a way of life, placing your attention. One of the greatest gifts we've been given is the power of our imagination. Mm. Focus on what it is you want. Then you you become a beacon, an attractor for this intention you have, this attention you have. But it mm. becomes a skill that you can acquire. And that's when, one of my greatest gifts is to teach people, to coach. I do live events. Um, I have a band. We've written written music around this Love teaching. Uh, we have an immersive experience called the Nowist Experience Live, mm. and it's just been a, a great honor to serve people. I speak to high school kids, middle school kids. I coach one on one. Just it's a mission that I will do the rest of my life teaching people how to become Nowists. Oh, I love that because I agree. I mean, obviously, as a counselor, I have people constantly coming to me saying, "Oh, depression, anxiety. I'm anxious. I can't control this." and then they come and what we talk about is very much like, oh, well, this happened to me in the past and here's my trauma, which is relevant, but to a point. And here are my goals and why can't I get to this point? I'm frustrated I'm not there yet. And we kind of get stuck in this place of like, you know, we go back to that piece of this is what you can control as a now and kind of that idea. So it's not a new idea, but I love your approach to it of like the power of imagination and also that clarification of you're not attracting 
what you're not, right? So it's, oh goodness, sorry, my lights just went off. Um, <laughs> you see loud and clear. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and I, I think that that's so amazing that you're teaching this to kids in um, high school and middle school, because I think this is a really big concept that we are not taught at all in school, right? Like this is not even touched on in school. We're taught to look at what do you want to be, pass the test in front of you, and what is the good job that you're going to get? And it's not as applicable nowadays as it may have been, maybe not, um, in the generations before, um, but it really is becoming this point of like figuring out, okay, I have the power and the choice to figure out what I want. And now what do I do with that? Oh my gosh. My wife is a high school teacher of almost 29 years now at our local high school here in Santa Barbara, California. And it's my mission. And I've been doing this for a decade with the schools. Uh, They have me, you know, during the pandemic, they have me on Zoom. But before I was in auditorium speaking with kids, they'd bring them all together. And I've had an hour and a half with uh, two, 300 kids, take them through this process, teach them how to live in the present moment, teaching them how to change their thinking, then change their habits, change their morning rituals, mm. how to deal with triggers, how to deal with past trauma. And they gave me an hour and a half and I've been doing, I'm doing this for a long time prior to the pandemic. I love being in front of kids. Mm. This is difficult to connect with kids. There's something yep. I might agree, the collective energy when you're around people, when you're in that room with them, you can collectively change that energy. Then everybody through osmosis gets the same gift of elevating the room the presence elevates you get to viscerally feel what it feels like so my wife being a high school teacher and me helping trying to create this legion of nowis if you will Mm -hmm. there's nothing like connecting with kids but i think that emotional intelligence needs to be taught right along math and science in school and that is that's part of my big mission my global mission as as an analyst and teaching this throughout the world is about teaching individuals, faculty members, HR for companies, whatever, what have you, to get this type of teaching in, in the everyday life. But kids, they're on the front line. The suicide rate between 12 to 15 years old has gone up exponentially since past mm-hmm. COVID. And I just think that if you can get this into your system, if you can download this information, you can make it a habitual ritualistic way of living, getting yourself back into the present moment when you start straying into your past and your future, realizing your only power resides in the present moment. Mm-hmm. You cannot deal with the past with the energy that you have in the present moment. You can't put the energy in the future until you connect to the present moment. The problem is most people's future looks like their past mm-hmm. because they spend all their attention back there. Right. I'm just trying to give people the gift of the present moment. There's so much energy for change, for betterment of the planet, for your personal life. And my grandma, I love my Nana so much. She passed away in 2011, mm. but she left me with one of my most favorite quotes. She says, don't try to save the world, save the world you live in. Mm. That's how you make change. And that's been part of my mission. Oh, I love that. What a fantastic quote. I think that's really, really impactful. And and I I think to back up that piece of emotional intelligence, if listeners are not familiar with that idea or that kind of wording, can you explain what emotional intelligence is? So emotional intelligence, you can think about it as a score. Like so you do great on a test, right? You get an A uh, in math or English or science or biology. If you, you know, physically, you know, we have your physical, my, my daughter is a great athlete. My wife is a great athlete. I love sports. I love to play golf. And you think, okay, as a golfer, we just had the PGA championship. I don't know if any of your viewers are listening. Mm-hmm. Into golf, but there was an incredible <laughs> thing. There was this guy in the PGA tour recently that got a hole in one. He wasn't even a professional. He was a PGA professional, but yep. not one of the marquee guys like Phil Mickelson or Tiger Woods. It was an incredible story, but that's the score on the golf court, right? 
we don't think about this intangible thing, this, this emotional intelligence. How do you deal with trauma? How do you deal with overwhelm? How are you dealing with disappointment? What is your resilience factor? You know, we can quantify these things, but we don't ever go into the emotional, intangible, subjective side of consciousness. We're so focused on the objective side, but the subjective score, your emotional intelligence score, how resilient are you when you're disappointed or somebody broke your heart or you've had a financial ruin? I mean, I don't recently, being a musician, I'm always inspired by things that come into my everyday life. And last week I was, or a couple of weeks ago, I was just, just devastated and I'm a realtor and a property manager. That's how I monetize the mission. That's my day mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. That's how I bring this abundance out into the world is through real estate. That's how mm-hmm. it gives me the monetization uh, and the means to get this message out to the world. Well, I heard on TikTok, there was this guy named Bobby, Bobby Moody, and he had like 350,000 TikTok followers and had a beautiful family. And his job was to kind of make fun of his daughter. And it was kind of a viral sensation. Mm-hmm. He committed suicide a couple of weeks ago. And he left his three kids and his wife behind because he was so associated with the financial means of his life. Uh, I call that being stuff sick. I mean, you're so, you have so much stuff that that becomes your identification. So you're sick and he passed away. So I I wrote this song about it. It just came through me like in 10 minutes. So I said the piano, this whole song, and I called it, um, um, you know, uh, what's it? Um, If it all adds up to something, the Mm. title, it all adds up to something. And it was kind of called the ballad to Bobby Moody. Because he was so associated, even though the love and the emotion that he was putting out in his videos were so powerful, but ultimately his mental health was, he, he scored a zero on the emotional intelligence score because he actually took his life because he associated himself so much with the world, with the things in his world, with how many likes his life was worth and how many followers he had. Mm-hmm. And I just, that helped me ramp up my mission. So I've been doing a lot of podcasts, a lot of posts on my social media, just helping people, reaching out to people, serving people. I coach, I have a program, but I coach a lot of people for free because I'm so dedicated to this. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think, you know, that's one of the things that brought me to being, having a podcast and starting this podcast because I have the traditional piece and I'm, you know, one-on-one counseling and I do counseling groups, but there's so much more than just that traditional approach. And I think you just hit on it substantially of like what we put out to other people and all these tangible things. We've got it so mixed up today in our society. I was talking to a client um, yesterday and I had this client and to the outside world, he is a makes, you know, a ton of money. He does amazing. He has a house, he has a home, he has, you know, beautiful wife, beautiful kids. And he is struggling with drinking and sobriety. And we talk about why is that? And it's because his emotional intelligence, right? Like you said, that piece of where he's not happy with, you know, who he is, who he actually is, is not being represented. And so we talked about this tie to these things and how, you know, that's not really, like you said, kind of the the point that matters. But I love that you shift it to even this idea of like going back to not caring about, you know, this constant sense of competition, right? Let's talking about social media. I just saw a post and I actually talked about it a little bit in the past uh, last podcast I recorded that TikTok actually just became banned in, I want to say, now I'm like forgetting the state. It was either Montana or Minnesota. Um, one of those and one of the M states, <laughs> but it just became um, banned because exactly what you're talking about, the rate of impact it's having on not even just adolescents and kids, but also on adults and the increases that we're seeing of just this constant sense of I'm not good enough and I have to be in this constant state of competition. And I'm curious, how does this idea of being a nowist 
how do you start to stay present when you are kind of wrapped up in all that stuff? You're going towards all those goals. You're going towards all that, you know, social media and all these crazy pieces of competition. Great question. I get it a lot. And uh, the answer is always whatever comes to me in the moment. Yes, there's a, definitely, there's a, a statistic, a kind of a tactical way to approach it through my book, The Nowist, which is on billymandarino.com. And you can also get it on Amazon and it's on Audible and all the places you would want to find it. But billymandarino.com is where the hub of my business, uh, my service, um, the, the mission that I have to create this Legion of Nowist is all kind of hugged out there. Perfect. But I'm going to put that I, in the episode notes just for our listeners. So just so you know, you absolutely. So much. So your viewers, um, would you say that they're further along? Be I, real quick quote from you know Rumi is. Yeah, yeah. Rumi is one of my favorite poets of all time, and he mm-hmm. says this, he has this beautiful quote, and he says, "When you were born, a ladder was placed before you to escape this world." Mm-hmm. And I think about that ladder, those rungs being of higher levels of enlightenment or mm-hmm. self actualization, if you will. Mm-hmm. So. You know, rung 11, if it's an 11 rung ladder is, you know, that's stepping off into the great infinite mystery, the next realm, heaven, whatever you call it, you know, this mm-hmm. the next the next iteration of life. What rung would you say your viewers are on so I can come to them with advice and, and a process to help them through what it takes to be present? You know, I'd say that a lot of the listeners have done a lot of self-work. So I say kind of like middle to upper half. We've, okay, you know, we're good. kind of dipped our toes more Perfect. than enough. <laughs> Good. So then what happens, and I'm going to take this down to just kind of some base level um, present moment awareness techniques being announced. I mean, usually when I speak to a group of uh, middle schoolers, 12 to 15 year olds, you know, I'll, I'll go through the presentation. I'll start off with N-O-W. What is N-O-W spelled backwards? One. When you're in the now, you have won. You've won your presence back. So to win your presence back, what does that mean? When you have your attention focused on your past trauma, which a lot of, and they say that 70% of people, the recent study uh, that I read from Dr. Gabar Mate, who had this wonderful book that came out, I don't know if you read it, mm-hmm. but 70% of all people at the age of 36 have had some significant childhood trauma that they're still trying to outgrow or outrun or you know become, become overcome it. And it's showing up in their life. And anytime you look backwards and you send a lot of attention in the backwards, that's when addiction, like your friend who's so wealthy, but struggling with alcohol mm-hmm. is all these physical things. People have this private life. They have their, their personal life and they have kind of their secret life. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so many people struggle with presence because they're so caught up in the doing. It sounds corny. You've heard it a hundred times, but we're human beings, yeah. not human doings. Mm-hmm. But I, 90% of the time, I think we're living in that doing mode. And 10% of the time we live in present moment awareness, we go to church, we meditate, we pray, we have our rituals to try and become connected to our highest self, mm-hmm. become connected to the present moment energy that is always in the room with you, mm-hmm. but you connect to it. So as a nowist, I teach people how to invert that ratio. 90% of the time as a, as a nowist living in present moment awareness, 10% of the time it hits the fan, you get stressed, you get overwhelmed, you get anxious, you reach for that alcohol, you reach for that substance or whatever, the food, whatever it is to help you cope with the stress, mm-hmm. you invert it. So that creates this nowest prowess, if you will, this energy, this collective energy, this, this inertia that happens. But it always starts with the same thing. You have to connect instantly to awareness. Step one is always awareness. Mm-hmm. When you, The minute you know you're in stress, that's your step out of stress. You, people mm-hmm. don't have the awareness to recognize it because they're in this such habitual way, ritualistic way of living Oh my gosh, every morning I get up, I do the same thing. I, I turn on the news, you know, I, I get the Keurig going. They have these habits, but they never interrupt their habits to cultivate their presence. 
to mm. continually interrupt the record, interrupt the patterns that are that are giving you this lack of presence because so many people live in stress out of habitual ways. I, I love William Wordsworth has this wonderful quote. He says, not choice, but habit rules the unreflecting herd. We're mm. all ruled by our habits, not choice, yep. but habit rules the unreflecting herd. Mm-hmm. We're ruled by our habits, but people don't have the awareness to realize that they're in this unconscious style of living, this process of living. It's when you have awareness. Oh my gosh, I'm tired of waking up every morning feeling shitty. I'm tired of waking up every morning feeling stressed. I go to the news. You know, I get my coffee. I check my email, my Instagram. People have these terrible habits. So mm-hmm. step one is awareness. Step two is you can start getting into a better ritual. I teach a now with the nowest meditation is a one minute meditation that I teach on my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. It's free. It's just Billy Mandarino, the nowest. I have 560 videos up there that are all free. Mm-hmm. But I have the nowest meditation I find to be the most powerful meditation that I have learned because I use it every day and it takes one minute. But mm-hmm. you can do this meditation consistently. So when you have awareness, step one. Step two is breath. I got ahead of myself because step three is really getting into meditative practice. Step one is awareness. Step two is connecting to your breath. You've heard this a hundred mm-hmm. times, but I'm sure your audience knows how to breathe in their nose, breathe out their mouth, fill up your belly with your diaphragm. Three conscious breaths can take mm-hmm. you out of stress and overwhelm. Mm-hmm. You have to use one of the wonder, one of the most incredible gifts you've ever been given is the gift of your wonderful human imagination. What are you putting your attention on? Where do you consistently place your energy with your focused imagination on what it is you want to manifest? Mm-hmm. You've heard it, the law of attraction is never broken. Mm-hmm. You know, we are attracting beings. We're very, we're magnet. We're actually energy. We're made up of energy. Mm-hmm. How do you use your imagination to focus, focus on what it is you want? So you've got awareness, you've got your, your physical body getting out of the stressful mechanism that you're creating through your thoughts. And then when you can get out of that, you put your attention and your attention on what it is you want to manifest, which you create this ritual. Mm-hmm. Dr. Joe Dispenza, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Joe Oh, yeah. The thinking, feeling loop. Yep. Remember, Caitlin? Yep. That thinking, feeling loop. And he teaches such a great teacher. If you haven't, if any of your listeners and viewers don't know who he is, drjoedispenza.com. Look him up. He's, He's amazing. He is one of the most powerful, I call a spiritual scientist. Mm-hmm. He's someone who's taken this mechanical... Um, uh, academic world and he's connected it into the spiritual teaching of kind of what I'm talking about with subjective attention, physical, you know, m- mental, emotional awareness, all linked into one being one whole one is N-O-W spelled backwards as one, but it's also a homonym O-N-E one. So when you can get in the present moment, you can live in simplicity and focus on one thing at a time and use these three mm-hmm. steps to get yourself out of stress and overwhelm. It's a very quick process. It doesn't happen like that. Oh, I'm just going to do what Billy said. I'm just going to have, I'm aware of that I'm stressed. I'm going to breathe and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to imagine. You have to create a ritual. Mm. The thinking, filling loop that Dr. Joe talks about, you start to program your subconscious mind. And then, you know, as a therapist and as Mm -hmm. a practitioner, you have to interrupt the pattern. You have to ingrain a new pattern so that your subconscious mind can program itself into presence. I do a lot in my life. I'm blessed. Um, You know, I manage properties. I'm a realtor. Um, humbly a world-class husband and a world-class <laughs> father. I'm a golfer. I'm a musician, author, speaker. I, I do all kinds of stuff, but I do it with very little stress because I've learned to condition myself and program myself mm-hmm. in that 90-10 ratio. So mm-hmm. imagine the avalanches of abundance that come into one's life when you learn to live this way. You'll yeah. start surprising yourself. Synchronicities will start to show up in your life. You'll start following these spiritual breadcrumbs and you'll wonder, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm this new person. And that's mm-hmm. the Beautiful part of living as an Alice. 
I love it. There's, I'm like literally just jotting down things in my head because there's so many things that I felt were so valuable in that first. I love that it's a 90-10 because I think that it helps us not get into that piece of I have to be perfect or that perfectionistic tendency. There is room for that human error because we are humans and we are going to get overwhelmed. We are going to get stressed, but it doesn't have to, as you're very much saying, control our lives or take us kind of in our day-to-day, make it come at it from that place, right? I talk a lot with my clients about we may not initially be able to control our immediate reaction, but the reaction that you move forward with and the response you move forward with is 100% your choice. And we talk a lot about that piece because it is exactly what you're talking about, figuring out what you want. And the other piece I love too is this piece of figuring out what you want because so many of us are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But can I tell you the amount of people that can tell me exactly what they don't want, but the minute I say, no, 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 what do you want? They go, oh, I don't know. There's the habit, right? Right. There's that subconscious programming. Right, exactly. And you are talking to Joe, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. He was one of the ways I actually got into like combining really the kind of this integrative process with traditional and kind of the more holistic spiritual side because he does bring that piece of the science into it, which is helpful and really a tangible piece for a lot of people. And it's a way that it really shows so much science behind what you're saying, because we, you know, we get into this idea of like old dogs can't learn new tricks and that's not the truth anymore. We figured that out very much so, but we're still operating under that. We can create those new neural pathways that do are what is shaping, you know, how we're moving forward and how we are manifesting and shaping our lives. So I think there was, I think that was everything I wanted to highlight, but well, I'm sure there's more. about that, Caitlin, is, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. What's crazy about that, Caitlin, is he's been able to heal people of Parkinson's, cancer, yeah. blindness, deafness, oh. fibromyalgia, Epstein-Barr, Chrome disease, lupus, all these chronic illnesses. They, the doctors are like, I don't know what's going on. Right. He's healing these people. I mean, he's they're healing themselves. He's not healing them. Mm-hmm. He's basically taking them on seven-day guided meditation retreats that he has all over the world. Right. But read his book. That it's called um, uh, "Becoming Supernatural." It's one of my favorite books that he's yeah. ever had. "Becoming Supernatural." Look it up. Listen to it on Audible. It's powerful, and and there's stories in there, and there's real life uh, accounts that he has taken people through that have just changed their lives for the better. And now some of them work for his company. Or I'm just blown away because it's not medical. There's no medicine involved. It's literally you and this subjective, powerful. meditation in these energy centers which are chakras and Mm -hmm. it sounds woo woo if you're if you're not yoked in that fashion of of transformation but it really works he is a powerful force in the world right now and look him up yeah i love that and i think you know i was listening to a a different podcast actually earlier today and it was a doctorate of nurse practitioners she had just gotten her doctorate as a nurse practitioner and she was talking a lot about kind of both these sides of integrative health and how we're not necessarily bashing the western because there's a place for it but also we're seeing that also this eastern philosophy and these pieces of like understanding that we're energetic beings and understanding the power in our thoughts and these pieces are so combined and that i i think that's such a beautiful point like i said that dr joe dispenza really brings to the table because even though he's not using you know medications and we've kind of gotten the shame and stigma around it he's still showing like the biology and anatomy and how these things work behind it which i love that it brings kind of these two pieces together Oh my gosh, there's another great teacher named uh, Greg Braden. Have you ever heard of Greg Braden? I have not. He's amazing. He wrote a book called The Isaiah Effect. And okay. 1942, I think they found the Dead Sea Scrolls in this cave in Afghanistan. And I, I mean, I don't want to push any spiritual uh, religious lines if that's okay. No, please. Yeah. Freely. But the the Bible, I love though. I'm Christian, I'm Catholic, I'm, you know, I'm everything. I, mm-hmm. I believe in universality. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I believe in Jesus. I live, you know, in prayer. Uh, I study, practice all types of um, faith-based work to connect to the oneness that is all. We all return to the oneness. We come from the oneness. It's all this cycle of getting back to home. I love Emerson. He says, "Our birth is a sleep and a forgetting." Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to help people wake up. And Doctor yeah. and Greg, Greg Braden has this wonderful book called the Isaiah Effect. So if you look at the book of Isaiah. The, the Dead Sea Scrolls are like 700 scrolls, but most of them were the book from the book of Isaiah that was not put in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And this book, these scrolls talk about prayer as a feeling, not mm. so much as a mechanical mantra or mudra of a repetitious prayer, but it talks about prayer as a feeling. And I think that's what we're missing. When we want to put our attention on something. You have to feel it. You know, right. when I teach people, I, I speak to high schools and middle schoolers, and I, I'm in the classroom and the teachers always roll their eye at this point in my presentation. I says, hey, class, mm-hmm. I don't believe in goal setting. And instantly mm-hmm. there's like a hush in the room and they're all looking at the, oh my gosh, he's going to get in trouble for that. Because what I've learned is thinking about the end and thinking from the end are two different things. And most of us say, okay, I want to, mm-hmm. I've got a goal. I want, I'm a realtor. I want to sell 20 houses this year. So I'm going to set this goal January 1st. I'm going to do everything it takes. I'm going to reverse engineer this plan. I'm going to sell 20 houses. But what I've learned as a realtor for the last 17 years is when I get a new listing and I want to sell it, first thing I do is lay down in my bed that night. And I imagine that it's Christmas time. And I imagine that I'm walking over to this house that I just got the listing for, and I'm bringing them their closing gift. It's Christmas time. I smell the tree, the feelings of Christmas. I hear the music. I taste the eggnog. I send myself in this subjective from the end Mm -hmm. every night in this bed. Mm -hmm. And what do you know? The universe will line up with your senses, your point of attraction. Thinking about the end is I'm going to go do open houses. I'm going to sell, you know, I'm going to buy a bunch of lists and email everybody. I'm going to go door knock. I'm going to do everything I can to let everybody know about it. But from the end, it's it's counterintuitive because most people think you've got to work really hard to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But the reality is in my life, I've been able to get out of goal setting and set it goals with my soul, living from the end with my imagination. And my, my mind is firmly established in those five senses and that subjective, subconscious exercise that I do before I go to bed. And you can do it for anything, a relationship, mm-hmm. money, you want to create abundance in your life, emotionally, spiritually, financially, socially. Yeah. Thinking from the end is more powerful than thinking about the end, if that makes sense to you. Absolutely, it does. And I think it's so funny because, you know, I can, I feel like I hear people say, oh, oh this is so woo-woo, like kind of what you're saying. And it makes me think about Starbucks. And the reason it makes me think about that is because you just hit on the senses, right? And we we know this and it's kind of like this hush-hush thing about marketing, but Starbucks, actually, there's been um, studies that show that they put a smell, a specific smell in all of their locations because it triggers that in your brain. So exactly what you're saying, and it continues to make you have that attitude or like that, you know, I not, I don't want to say addiction, but but kind of that addiction, right? It's like subconscious I need, programming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's what, you know, how you're talking about this idea, it's actually already being done in like the marketing industry and we're seeing the effects. Like, look at how incredible of a company uh, just from like the physical standpoint and like monetary value that Starbucks has, like, you know, oh. everybody knows what Starbucks is. Everybody knows what the logo it got is. got you chemically addicted. They got you subconsciously exactly. addicted. Yeah. They got you subliminally addicted. They, yeah. This is big money marketing. I mean, right. Starbucks, not the devil, but Coca-Cola has right. been doing this for years. Exactly. Some subliminal marketing has been around since the sixties. They've been doing this, you know, yeah. 
Burger King used to yeah. have a, this this uh, commercial. Aren't you hungry? Aren't you mm-hmm. hungry? Like they would condition you to get you singing yep. the song. It's like, oh my gosh, there's a Burger King. Plus, there's a subliminal message in the ad that you don't even know it's there. Right. The subconscious mind is 96% of everything you do is done yep. with your subconscious mind. You yep. drive a car, you tie your shoes, I hit a golf ball, you bake a souffle. It's all done with your subconscious mind. How are you programming your subconscious mind? You exactly. have to take the power back. And it starts with your subjective attention, how you program yourself and what you put in there. Yeah, it totally does. And it just made me like, it's making me think of like, think about how much power that we have in the subconscious, right? Like a lot of us don't even think about the subconscious mind. We just go through like the to-do list, like you talked about of like, you know, we've got the rituals. Um, And even like, you know, I'm not bashing Starbucks. I will say like, I absolutely love Starbucks. I like I my chai latte. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but it's, it's you know, we'll, we'll get there eventually. Um, But I think that you know, seeing that if you really put thought into it, like you're saying of like, kind of how you kind of didn't reverse engineer it, but also looked at, okay, I'm going to create it in my senses. And I talk a lot about that piece with my clients a lot. And I talk about this piece of like, if you think about any situation that you loved, right? We get so stuck in like, we're going back to the um, first part of the podcast, like the anxiety, the depression, the constant overwhelm and all these things. And it becomes our natural narrative. But if you think about a time like Christmas, right? If that's a happy time for you, or you think about whatever is a beautiful time for you, you can, and you sit there and you actually breathe into it and allow your senses to kind of invite them into that situation. We are so cool that we can create that feeling. And then, like you said, the like attracts like. And it's so incredibly true that the like attracts like. I think we see this with everything in our lives. We see it with the relationships. We see that you attract a person at the growth level that you're at, right? I talked in my last podcast a little bit about um, like meeting my husband and my story with that. I was in really abusive relationships and I took a break and I worked on myself for a year. I dropped out of school. I went to my, like I went to um, intensive counseling. I went to a spiritual coach. I did it all. And um, the first person that I met, the first man after I had gotten very clear of what I did want was my husband. And it's exactly, yeah, exactly. And to me, I'm like, well, duh, like get it together for myself. But it's really powerful what you're saying. So I like that. I just want to say like taking some of that woo-woo and that stigma out of this. I was like, we're already doing this. It's just actually having a conversation and bringing it to the forefront. People have to try it. They have to try it before they knock it. I mean, the, yeah. and the reality is it's it's bec- it's kind of reaching a, a critical mass. It's becoming more ubiquitous yep. now, I think, uh, because people are realizing, hey, there's something to this. And they mm-hmm. always like, like, that's why Dr. Joe is doing so well, because he's a scientist, neurologist, neuroscience, yep. and he's also a spiritual teacher. Yep. And he's combining the two. He's taking the left brain, the right brain, and making it a whole brain. It's yeah. very approachable for people because people want to see the evidence, but yep. you know, be the change, be the change you want to see in your world. Why don't you just test it out on yourself? You know, yeah. try it. I mean, yeah. One of my dear friends, uh, he hadn't had a date in a long time and he was just like, man, I'm tired of being alone. And I said, okay. And this is probably five years ago when I was really finishing up the book and I was just deep into this. I said, okay. And he was here at our place and he was, he's a contractor and he was working on a, pro- a project for me. For one of my properties i said okay you got you're here for seven nights you're sleeping in our guest bedroom you're going to do this so every night i had him imagine his perfect girl his perfect date mm-hmm. so he imagined she was brown haired brown eyed she was slender she wore a black dress i had him imagine this scene that they're walking into a restaurant i had him use all five of his senses you know they're sitting down there's seven champagne there's a strawberry in the champagne i sent all five of his senses on senses on high alert and mm-hmm. so every night before you go to bed you got to do it right before you go to bed because you want to get that theta 
brainwave frequencies, frequencies that are very slow, where your subconscious mind becomes very programmable. Mm-hmm. So we did it for seven nights in a row. And on the last night, we went out to dinner, just the two of us. And we go to this restaurant here in town. And, you know, we go to the hostess stand and we just get a, uh, you know, menu and we're asking, well, can we have a reservation? So we're waiting for our table. And this single brown haired, brown eyed girl walked up to us and she went right to him, didn't ignored me and says, hey, my friend's not here with. Can I sit with you? She's not here yet. Can I sit with you? And he was like stunned. Mm-hmm. He, he's been so out of practice that he froze. And I said, I can't. I said, look. And, she, and we went to our table. I said, look. And she's sitting by herself. I said, look at her. Paul, brown eyed, brown hair. She has a black dress on, dude. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And he's so in his old, talking about patterns and his old scarcity pattern he couldn't break out of his comfort zone. He didn't know what to say. And eventually her friend showed up and he missed the opportunity. The mm-hmm. universe likes speed. Remember this, listeners, viewers, mm-hmm. the universe likes speed. When you have an inspiration, when you get an opportunity, you have to act on it immediately. He misses opportunity. The mm-hmm. law of attraction is never broken and you are way more powerful than you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it That is so incredibly true. And I love, you know, just like something so like, it seems so simple. Right. And like, it's like, she's right there. What are you doing? But it's we're afraid of the unknown and the unknown is where the growth is. You have to mm-hmm. push into that unknown. That's yeah. the only way you grow. You have to be uncomfortable. Yeah. You have to jump out. Yeah. Take you a- know, I, that's one of the first things I say to clients a lot of in my, you know, initial intake session and counseling, I always say, I just want you to know my job is to make you uncomfortable. And people are kind of like, whoa. And it's like, no, but it's really true because the growth happens in that discomfort. Because if you were okay with the current patterns that you are doing and the current behaviors that are not in alignment with your values, you wouldn't be sitting in front of me here. And do they change what you have a good, I mean, what they do. Yeah. I have, I mean, from what I have seen, right. Talking very, um, a lot of my clients, I've, I just graduated um, two of my clients the, last week. Of, I was like, hey, you know what? I don't think you need counseling anymore. I think you're doing great. And and I want to say too, just a caveat for this piece, um, for counseling, th- I just want everybody to know counseling is not supposed to be a lifetime thing. Counseling yes. is supposed to be crisis management. And then coaching is supposed to be a lifetime thing. So I just wanted to put that out there. There are different types of counseling, different therapeutic and, um, you know, your clinical orientation. So they might last a little bit longer, but I do want to say a graduation from counseling is a really big piece of the counseling journey. So oh my gosh, it, it must lay, it must lay on their heart. Like, oh my gosh, I did something. I, yeah. I graduated. I'm on to the next. I am not as broken yeah. as I thought. Now I can grow. I mean, people need, we don't celebrate ourselves enough, Caitlin. No, you know, we, we don't do celebrate our wins enough. We're always Mark Twain. I love quotes. Yes. You can tell. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> comparison is the death of joy. Mark Twain. Yep. Comparison is the death of joy. We're so comparing ourselves to the Joneses, to the neighbors, to our brothers and sisters, our parents, whatever. Like yep. you need to celebrate your wins. You need, cause what happens is that energy you store up in your body. Then when you release it, you feel like I got to win. You actually create better neural pathways and you have mm-hmm. anchors to positive reaction and positive reinforcement. And most people just don't celebrate. They just, they're, they're so stuck in not achieving what they thought they were going to achieve or yep. the comparison mentality. You have to use the present moment to celebrate yourself first. Like, I love that pay yourself back first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wrote a blog post um, a couple of years ago about celebrating your daily wins and just the importance of that, because you're right. Especially if we are setting goals, which I know you said you're, you don't believe in setting goals, but if people have been setting goals and you get to that goal, what do we do? We go to, okay, what's my next goal? That's what's it. the next step? Yep. And that's the whole thing about goals is most people think, okay, I want a million dollars, work my butt off. You know, I 
forget my family and do everything I can to make that million dollars. And I've got so much negative energy I put out in the world and my community, but I got the million dollars. Like, and then you think, is that all there is? What's next? Like you have to really be in this for a lifelong experience of living in the present moment. What happens for me is when I have a lot of anything, I just want to give it away. That's why I think you can change the world. Like my grandma was saying, don't change, you know, the world, change your own world. But when I change my own world, when I worry about saving myself, I become a service to everybody else because I'm in a better mood. I'm feeling more magnanimous. I'm I'm happy to, to just give somebody my place in line or let them in through traffic or give them my, you know, whatever I have, I want to give it away. And that, when people are happy, they're more generous. You know, oh, yeah. smiles are contagious. You've heard all these corny sayings, mm-hmm. but next time you're in Starbucks, why don't you just pay for somebody's Starbucks behind you and don't even ask for credit? Yeah. You know, just do random acts of kindness. That's how you change the world. Absolutely. Well, I think we're going to run out of time, but I do want to say thank you so much, um, Billy, for all the things that you shared. Thank you to our listeners. I'm going to put all of Billy's information in the episode notes and thank you so much. Thank you, Caitlin. Appreciate you. All the best to you, my friend. Thank you for hanging out with me on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. Don't forget to head over and grab your free self-love activation meditation at theabundancealchemist.com and hit subscribe here so you don't miss a thing. Until next time, sending you so much love.